for September 16th, 2021, it's the Lullabot Podcast. Everybody, it's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 255. I'm Matt Cleave, a senior developer at Lullabot. With me, as always, co-host of the show, senior front-end developer, Mike Herschel. Hi, Mike. Hey, Matt. Happy Friday. Happy whatever day this releases. Hopefully Thursday, right? <laughs> that's, yes. that's usually been our goal. And you know what? Mike, do you know when we started doing this podcast? Uh, no. You and I hijacked the podcast Thursday, November 9th, 2015. Ooh, and do you know why a... do you know why that date's important? No, why? Because it was the day that Drupal 8 was released. Yes, I do. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Right? Yeah. Remember we, we wanted to kind of coordinate that. Mm-hmm. We kicked off the podcast with a new version of Drupal and Drupal 8 has been in the wild since then, right? As long yeah. as you've been running wild on the podcast. <laughs> that's a long time. It is a long time. And Drupal 8 is coming to an end, and that's why we're here today. Yep. We're going to talk about the end of life slated for Drupal 8 coming up uh, this November, November 21. And uh, yep. people need to be ready for that. Yeah. And with us, we have uh, a couple guests. We have, uh, first up, we have our support project manager from Dulles, Virginia, Kathy Fays. Hey, Kathy. Hey there, everybody. You were just on Glad the last to- podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a bug up my butt. I was like, I got things to talk about. <laughs> we can- need to talk about some things. And I scheduled them, and here we are. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's bugs that make sure that uh, these things happen. So thanks for that. We appreciate you being <laughs> here. Also with us from the Support and Maintenance Department, we have the Director of Support and Maintenance from West Philadelphia. Joining us is David Burns. Hey, David. Born and raised. Hey, y'all. Glad to be here. This is actually my second podcast this year. And for somebody who rarely does podcasts, that's like a a big milestone for me. So thanks for having me back. Thanks. And next up, we have a lead engineer from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Dr. Matthew Tift. Welcome, Matthew. Well, hello, everybody. (laughs) Glad to be here. I have not been here since... April 2017. Now that we have all of our dates figured out, (laughs) you may know Matthew from the Hacking Culture podcast. That's true. You might. Or or from lots of articles on, uh, what what were you talking about? You're talking about like the uh, credit system for Drupal Core. You've been working on a lot of that type of stuff too. That is correct. That could be a whole podcast, by the way. Got to write that one down. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah, but I have been spending a lot of time with Tim Leenan and trying to help port or help work with the folks at GitLab to port Drupal's contribution system over to uh, GitLab as well as other potential places where people coordinate on software like GitHub and else, elsewhere. But right now we're focusing on GitLab, so. We're not talking about that in this podcast. This podcast, we're talking about Drupal 8 end of life. That's right. Drupal 8 is coming to an end. And what's been advertised is, hey, if you've upgraded Drupal before, this is a totally different experience. And I think for some extent that's true, right? But with us is some folks who have uh, been through the process. I uh, was on a client project that recently uh, did an 8 to 9 port and uh, was fairly successful. I don't think it's quite launched yet, but I've rolled off the project, sadly. Um, Kathy, maybe you want to, you're the one that yeah. uh, said you had the bug up your butt about this and you wanted to, you know, talk. What what do people need to know? Like Drupal 8, Drupal 9? Yeah, so that, I think we've got um, a lot of people who know about Drupal or have Drupal sites have heard about Drupal 9 and they know that it's out there. Um, but I think a bunch of people are making, like, assuming that Drupal 8 will have some kind of extended life and extended support to help, you know, bridge the gap and deal with all the things. And that is not the case for Drupal 8. It is for Drupal 7. Drupal 7 is going to be around longer than Drupal 8. (laughs) 
So if you're on Drupal 7, you're kind of okay for a little while. But if you're on Drupal 8, you really need to move to 9. And you got to do it real soon. And I think that difference is going to surprise a lot of folks. It sounds like a surprise, but this is something that, I mean, that date has been set for quite a while now. Um, it's just been, if you haven't heard about it, Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Let's let's get this going. And there's a there's a good series of articles on uh, on lullabot.com, and we'll link to those in our show notes. Um, you know, all all about Drupal nine and and what you need to know. But I suppose this podcast here is kind of the the short version, right? Yeah, yeah. So we just uh, I just really want to make sure that you know we use all the media that we can. So we've got a lot of good articles that have been coming out, you know, over the last year about this and let and I was like, let's use another media stream. Let's use the podcast and get the message out that way too. So Matthew as a developer and somebody who's gone through the upgrade process, um to you, what makes Drupal 8 different than or I'm sorry, Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 different than Drupal 8 to Drupal Drupal 8 from Drupal 7. So 7 to 8 versus 8 to 9, I guess, is the question. If yeah, I can that, get that out question. clearly. Well, I don't know if it was it was worded quite right, but it was, you know, that's the point of the question. <laughs> I, I think you did a fabulous job, Matt. <laughs> and I know exactly what you're asking because I, in a way, am, am here because I, I have heard over the years about how difficult it is to upgrade from, say, Drupal six to seven or seven to eight. And once we got to eight, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it'll be, it'll be so much easier to go from eight to nine. And I have heard that quite a bit uh, ever since before we even had Drupal eight. And then what I have found surprising on so many projects is that that upgrade from Drupal eight to nine was more tricky than I thought. And I encountered all sorts of new problems that I didn't have really a lot of experience dealing with. So I would say that there is a very different set of problems that people encounter with Drupal 8 to 9. A lot of them have to do with composer and composer conflicts and things along those lines. But in general, uh, I, I have found even... Uh, both on, let's say, a personal site, like say, you know, I've been wanting to upgrade my own personal site, matthewtiff.com from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9, but the Markdown module isn't ready. And I love writing in Markdown, but I've just been kind of sitting and waiting and contributing a little bit, but just kind of watching an issue to wait for that to work. But there are things like that where either I need to jump in and do something, or I need to find... I need to be okay with the hacky way, or I need to wait for somebody else to do something so I can do it as easy as possible with as little effort as possible. So that's kind of the one end where maybe there's just one module that kind of holds you, holds you back. And then on the other end, working for clients, I've found some extremely complex uh, problems that have come up because of, say, custom code or people who have been trying to solve composer conflicts and composer told them to do something and then they lock themselves into a version. And then all these things where I have just encountered a, a weird host of problems, but in, in all honesty, I, I haven't really done a lot of successful. I've done like two successful uh, Drupal eight to nine upgrades, but I've done a lot where I'm still in the process. And that's uh, that's what, that would be my, big message initially is that from little sites to big sites, there might be one thing or lots of things that could trip you up and that the process isn't necessarily as easy as we might want it to be, even though it actually isn't all that difficult. So if you have eventually. a Drupal 8 site and you haven't looked at it yet, you need to look at it yesterday. And, and yes. really start to think about this. David, I, I noticed you were smiling and nodding when Matthew was talking about um, composer issues and that kind of thing and, and changes that might not be apparent from a code perspective. Yeah, so the, the, the way I remember Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 being pitched was it should be very similar to a minor point release or you know an 8.8 .8 to an 8.9 release. 
And um, I think in some instances that is true. And um, we could go into more detail about that a little later. Um, but to speak to what Matt Tift was, Matthew Tift was talking about, um, we've updated three sites and currently have like two more sites in progress going through the upgrade process. And everything that he mentioned about, you know, just Composer really getting into the way and people making decisions to pin specific modules um, adds a lot of complexity and things that people probably had not accounted for in terms of doing the upgrade or even just running the few modules that give you insight as to what you need to upgrade and how it needs to be upgraded. And by that, I mean the upgrade status and upgrade rector modules. Yeah, let's talk about that. I was just uh, looking for the name um, while you were talking, David. So the upgrade rector module um, is is a tool that exists. So from the you know the most widest perspective, a lot of the changes from eight to nine are code changes. There were some deprecated APIs um, early in the eight process um, that won't work at all in nine, and you need to make those changes to your code. But there are some t cool tools out there like the upgrade rector module that. Uh, help kind of automate that process a little bit, or at least point out that, hey, dummy, this doesn't work anymore. Find a better way to do it. Yeah, so Palantir uh, wrote something that integrates with PHP Stan, uh, basically scans your entire code base. You can specify what folders it should look into and says, hey, we noticed this is not going to be compatible with Drupal 9. It even goes as far to say, this is the line of code that has changed here's what we suggest you replace it with. And here's the page on drupal.org where you can read more about this issue, which is fantastic. It goes even a step further that you can actually execute Rector on those modules. And if it's able to make those changes, it'll do that for you. And we've noticed by doing that, that gets you pretty darn close to being D9 compatible with these modules. Yeah. Um... I have a question. Right here. So like I'm here in the upgrade rector module, but there's also an upgrade status module. What is the difference between those two modules? Yeah, they, they work really well together. So upgrade status will basically, it's kind of like um, the update module in Drupal core, right? It kind of looks around on drupal.org and sees if there's a newer version. It kind of takes that functionality and extends it a bit more and says, yes, there is an update available. And is that update compatible with Drupal 9, yes or no. And then modules could actually plug into that, like Upgrade Rector, that includes the information I told you before about replace this line of code. It has one warning and three problems and tell you what code to replace. So those two modules work together in a suite to give you a very clear insight as to the amount of effort it's going to take to get your site onto D9. Would you consider that as like the first step? Like if you have a D8 site, you don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, I'm just going to plug in these modules and see what happens. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a comment on that as well, because I thought, all right, I'm going to, for my client, go, you know, install these modules and get a sense of what I need to do and come and report back and say, Here, here's all the work we have to do to upgrade to Drupal 9. And then I spent like a week trying to get the Drupal upgrade status module working on the site. And part of that was me thinking, well, I had also heard in addition to Drupal Rector, I've heard about Drupal Check. So if you go to the Drupal upgrade status module, it'll, it even provides a nice little checklist on the homepage of Drupal Check does this and Drupal upgrade status does this. And then there's also Drupal Rector, which we've talked about. And I thought, whoa, the upgrade status module has got a lot more check marks. I, wanna, I want that one. And then I kept having issues with it. And then that module also says, well, you might have some issues where like you need to remove Drush in order to get this thing to be installed because you need core dev. And then other people were saying, well, actually don't use core dev because that requires, you know, composer one. And then that's going to cause problems. And then I felt like I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole because then I'm trying to say, okay, well, actually what I need to do is just install all of the modules from core dev in order to get upgrade status module installed and uninstalled drush and then get Drupal upgrade status. And I got everything working and all the composer things sorted out. And then I went to run it and like the drush commands that came with it didn't work. And then there were more issues. So, I mean, again, I, it, 
other sites, this might just work flawlessly. And I, I might have had one particularly bad site, but I just want to sort of warn folks that something as easy as installing a module to tell you what to upgrade uh, could be fraught with some challenges. And uh, there are ways around it. And a lot of smart people are figuring this all out. But um, these are the kinds of things you will hear people talking about if you start asking. They might say, well, just use Drupal check or just use Drupal rector or upgrade status or don't use core dev. And, and there are various opinions on these things. And one other tricky aspect of that is people have various opinions on these things. And those tools keep changing to keep up with their dependencies on other projects. So the solutions keep changing and, and in some cases sort of quickly become out of date. So um, again, everybody's going to have a different experience depending on what they have installed on their site and their requirements and all of that. But there are some, there are some things that might look kind of funky, like install, uninstall Drush in order to install this other thing in order to install this other thing is not something I would normally say makes a lot of sense, but that is one of the like particular things that I've encountered trying to upgrade to Drupal 9 that seems to deviate from the, oh, it'll be really easy to upgrade from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 uh, point of view. We've experienced a bit of that in support, right? So we're working with a lot of different code bases and they all have some of these dependency differences between them, um, but we're starting to see a pattern and we're starting to like really narrow down what it takes to get to a point that those upgrade status and upgrade rector will work. Um, I think that's that's like one of the benefits is if it's a one-off time and you're kind of learning it from the get-go, it's probably going to take a fair amount of time if you're running into these things. But if you work with somebody that has done three or four upgrades, um, you know, there's there's a lot to be shared with like the knowledge gained along the way. I'm actually surprised to hear your experience, Matthew, because it wasn't mine at all. Um, so it's it's good to know that your mileage may vary, I guess. Um and again, I warn, if you haven't looked at this yet, you should probably look at it now. Um, the, the site I was on already had upgrade status installed um, when I was told, hey, Matt, go figure this out. So I was able to add the, you know, what was it? The, the Palantir Rector library and the upgrade Rector module and really start jumping into things and solving problems. So sounds like every site's a little different. And that's something to be aware of, I suppose. Yeah, I would I would add additionally that this particular site I was working on had taken the approach that some people have used in the past that could have been a legitimate approach in particular situations, which was to only upgrade their modules for security releases. And that maybe was a, a legitimate approach in the past, but some of the issues that I was encountering were because this particular site had a lot of modules that were far out of date. They didn't have any security releases, but the modules themselves were out of date, which was creating those composer uh, issues because the the newer versions of some things had required newer, had dependencies that were newer, and that was where the things were coming from. And ultimately, I think with that particular site, the solution was first upgrade all of your contrib modules. And I think that is an important thing that I could say definitively, not just like, oh, you might this, but I would say, make sure all of your contrib modules are up to date in terms of the ones at least you know you need before getting ready to do maybe even that that, that next step, that step of you know upgrading or installing uh, upgrade status. And that's actually where I ran into my most problems with the Drupal 9 upgrade is um, the 8 site that I was working with was built early in the 8 cycle. So a lot of the contrib that was being used was a version that isn't necessarily supported or desirable at this point. So when you're using old code and then custom code was built on top of the old code, upgrading the module screws up your custom code and then your head explodes trying to figure out what's going on. So I've got a great real world example of this. Um, one of the sites we did upgrade, I looked at it initially and it was like 10 contrib modules and four custom modules. And I'm just like, this is going to take like less than a week. Right. Um, but when we started getting into it, we realized that number one, the, the core was still running a very, very old version of eight, I believe 8.4. And we needed to get that up to 8.9. Uh, and then because of that, we had to 
do like the switch from media entity to core media. And then we had um, a handful of modules what are, which were not widely used, like EXIF module and media image EXIF and um, like uh, another one called Google Vision. And there's very little usage of those modules and no patches that made those available to D9. So the smallest, easiest site I thought actually took the longest. And we have sites that have hundreds of contrib modules and 50 custom modules, and they were much easier than this super small site. Wow. I think a lot of this is, is, is like, it might be easy, it might be hard, and there's no way to tell until you dig into it. So dig in now. Dig in a month ago, dig in six months ago. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I have a question regarding Composer. So when Drupal 8 came out, um, like some people were installing it without Composer, some people were installing it with Composer. Um, and then there was like the Drupal or there was the Drupal Composer scaffold thing that was on GitHub. And then eventually at some point, I think of like 8.7 or 8.8, they the Drupal Composer scaffold went into core and how di how how difficult is it to kind of upgrade from that Drupal Drupal Composer scaffold thing to Drupal nine? Because I know Drupal Composer scaffold is kind of deprecated. So scaffold is still used, and what scaffold does is, or maybe we're still using it, but it's baked into core, and we're kind of like supporting it in both places. Um, but scaffold allows you to drop things that are being added into Composer into specific folders. That's like not a functionality that ships out of the box uh, with Composer that I'm aware of. Um, and I forget what the other part of the question was there, Mike. I'm, I'm just looking for like sites that were built using the Drupal Composer, Drupal Scaffold. How is it difficult to, to migrate those to like the standard core Composer? Kathy, you're doing um, a bit of this right now. And I think there's a story around one specific module that I think you could talk about that shows the benefits of going to a composer workflow and then maybe like some of the efforts of getting a non-composer site to use composer. Mm, I might need a better hint than that. I was thinking uh, that Mike's question was like, can you even move a Drupal 8 site to Drupal 9 if it's not using Composer at all, right? Because one of the things Mike said was like, when when Drupal 8 first came out, there was like the option to not use Composer. And uh, so my assumption is that, that, that Drup you can't use Drupal 9 without Composer. Does anybody know for sure? I definitely wouldn't recommend it. I mean, there's, there's, is there a tarball for it? I'm just going to Google it right now. I mean, there's no functional reason why you couldn't, you know, expand modules and drop them in to where Drupal's expecting to see them. Um, the one module I was hinting towards was the address module, right? Ah, address right, has... because it has a, uh, it assumes you're using Composer. So like Drupal core itself might be technically possible to use without Composer, but some contrib modules and those contrib module maintainers have decided to rely on Composer to manage their contrib dependencies. And so that can be quite tricky. Yeah, and the address module is a good example of that. And, and not just contrib dependencies, like there's external libraries that don't exist in the Drupal ecosystem, right? So through package management, through Composer, it's able to go out, grab those and drop them into, you know, the places that the module is expecting to see those dependencies like the libraries folder. And if, if there's even instructions on the address module, that's like, if you're not using Composer, these are the steps you have to do. You have to actually go find those libraries, unzip them, drop yeah. them in. And just using Composer takes a lot of that um, chance of like human error out or, or just doing something wrong and deploying it and something not working. So there is, there are still like tarballs and zip files of Drupal 9 on Drupal.org. And that's know. actually what Composer is pulling in is the tarred files and unzipping them into the vendor directory and then copying them to where they belong within Drupal. 
Yeah, but composer doesn't. Composer isn't pulling down. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Composer isn't just pulling down the Drupal nine point two point four tarball. It's actually pulling in like the 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 Drupal nine point two point four tag from Git. Looking at that composer info, reaching out. No, no, it wrong? actually pulls the compiled version. So if you open the composer lock file. Um, Okay. There's a lot of info in there. And one of the things is, this is the source that Composer pulled the package down from. And the reason we know that is if we open the info.yaml file, we will see additional content in that file that's not seen if you go to git.drupal.org. Um, there's a process that when you cut a release um, on uh, drupal.org, it actually compiles that tarball and inserts additional information about uh, like a timestamp of when that was created and the version number um, for that. Hmm. I've went down a long, long rabbit hole of uh, understanding how Composer works. I'm happy to be a front-end developer. <laughs> Composer has saved a sum total of zero minutes for developers ever. Don't at me. I, I will say, I will say ever, ever since Drupal 8 began and I've been in the support maintenance department, I would say half of my time is spent dealing with Composer, whether it's just updating packages or trying to figure out some of these uh, conflicts um, and less time in actual like module and bug fixes. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to get into right after this. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about the things that Rector actually will solve for you, um, code changes you may need to be looking out for, as well as some interesting changes that you might find on the front end of your Drupal 9 site. Coming up right after this. In just one second, when we step aside from the podcast, we uh, want to tell you about something that Lullabot is doing. Um, and it has to do with this very topic, doesn't it, Mike Herschel? Yep, upgrading Drupal. And I hear you're one of the experts that's going to be speaking, right? Well, experts kind of a relative term, Matt. <laughs> you will be joining Kathy Thays, who's also been on this podcast. You'll be joined by another front-end developer at Lullabot, Andy Bloom. Lullabot will be hosting a webinar. Um, there'll be a live Q&A session. Maybe you have some questions that we didn't get to on the podcast and you want to get them answered. You'll have the chance to do it right on the webinar, right? Yep. So like any type of follow-up questions, any type of upgrading issues, uh, any, any, anything from this podcast, just feel free to, to hit us up on, on that webinar. It's like we planned this whole marketing strategy or something, didn't we? Well, maybe not you and I, but somebody. <laughs> that's right. So if you want to register for the webinar, it's free. Um, if you go to Lullabot's Twitter, that's the easiest way I found to do it. If you go to twitter.com slash lullabot, um, one of the pinned tweets at the top is for the webinar registration. It takes you to a Zoom website where you put in your name and your email address and stuff, and you'll get the the link to the, the webinar that's happening September 23rd at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time. Yep, and I'm looking forward to it. And we want you to be there too. Yes, we do. Welcome back. We're talking on the Lullabot podcast about uh, Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 upgrade and how it uh, should be easy, might be easy, but sometimes can be slightly, slightly difficult. So, Dave, you mentioned that it's it's very important to keep your module modules upgraded. Is that the first step? And this question isn't necessarily directed at you, but... I will say the sites that have been doing a good job of maintaining their updates is much easier. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, it's, and I think that reminds me of something that uh, Karen said uh, the other day, which is like the, the promise of the easy upgrade from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 being as easy as a point release isn't so much like true or false. Like, it, yeah, it's a lot easier than before. And it kind of could be that easy with the big asterisk caveat that says, if you have been keeping your Drupal 8 site up to date, because many projects are gonna find that the first step to getting to Drupal 9 is updating Drupal 8. And so if, if that's been uh, postponed, 
uh, you know, these last couple years, that work still needs to be done. It cannot be skipped. And that is different because with like, let's say going from Drupal 7 to Drupal 8, the, the way that would be done is to like build a new Drupal 8 site, make it have the, all the features that is needed, and then do a data migration from the previous website into Drupal 8. And so there was nothing really you could do to Drupal 7 to make it be Drupal 8. That's like not possible. But in this case, because we're moving from Drupal Eight to Drupal nine, and the community, you know, made this decision about backwards compatibility and how we're going to move forward, you know, into the these next ten years with doing updates. It's totally different now, and so the work can be done inside your Drupal eight site. You don't need to make a Drupal nine site and then migrate all of your stuff and recreate your site in Drupal nine, but you can't skip the part where you keep your Drupal 8 site up to date. That work still needs to be done. And uh, yeah, so, so that's like, you know, also something that needs to be started as soon as possible. I, I would say that in a way, this is like, say, painting your house, where you have to do a lot of prep in certain instances. In other instances, you might have a, a very nice house that doesn't, you know, that maybe is... <gasps> is less um, out of date and doesn't need the paint job as as badly, but it's this issue of like window scraping and taping and all of these other things that you kind of have to do to make your job easier for that last step. So this this might be an imperfect analogy, but really you do all, you have to do a lot of the prep work in Drupal 8. And I think we're talking about like at least three different classes of of problems that you have to solve. One is your Drupal core update. So if you're mostly using Drupal core and maybe you don't even use Drush or something like that, this process could be super simple because mm -hmm. that process um, is, is, is there's a very clear upgrade path. Uh, if you have custom modules, that that process in a sense might be the next easiest because there's some good tools like Drupal check and the Drupal rector that will tell you where you have made um, your, your errors in terms of your code quality. So you can just make those changes and, and keep going until the test pass. And then there's that third, at least that third um, aspect of this, which is the contributed modules. And the contributed modules, that requires you to work with other people in some case, in some cases be dependent on other people or to create your own fixes. So that in a sense can be something that can hold you back. So getting all those contrib modules is a pretty important, important piece. And there are some good tools I think that we can use to help get there. Yeah, Matthew, you mentioned earlier that a lot of some projects only wanna do security updates, right? Um, and we've seen projects like that land in support. And we also have other projects that we said, hey, automatic updaters, Composer allows us to do that. Um, and what these automatic updaters do is basically look at your Composer file, look at drupal.org, and every time there's a new release, creates a PR for that. And um, if you're using something like Tugboat, you even get like an environment where you can click around and see what that update does if anything changes. Even better if you have automated tests to do those, those reviews for you. Um, but the idea here is every time there's a minor point release, you get this module introduced to your code base. And we have two sites that are built on the same platform, the same one that had the 100 um, custom modules and 150 contrib modules, or custom modules, 50 and 100 contrib. Sorry, one of those. A lot. A lot of modules. And one of those projects we had been following along and doing all the updates for, and the other one we haven't. So at the end of the day, when we went to each of those sites and said, we're ready to do the Drupal 9 update, one of them really only needed like seven modules updated. And three of those contrib modules um, didn't have a D9 release or a, a patch on Drupal.org to make it D9 compatible. The other site required about 60 of those contrib modules to be updated. And uh, all those 60 modules, none of them had a security release, right? Because we would have updated by that point. Mm -hmm. But those minor point releases that were introduced brought those modules up to be D9 compatible. 
And the three automated updaters I'm going to mention uh, are Dependabot. This is integrated with GitHub. GitHub bought Dependabot, and it's now part of their ecosystem. Violinist.io. And then there's another one called RenovateBot. Violinist.io is a service that you sign up for, and it you add something to your repo, and it's able to watch it. Once you authenticate, RenovateBot is like a self-hosted type of service that does the same thing. Interesting. I've only heard of Dependabot because I've been on projects that you check stuff in and Dependabot yells at you about outdated libraries. And you're like, I don't want to touch that library. I'll do that later. Yes. Yeah. Lots of emails. <laughs> I I think recall, recall, Dave, didn't you do a, a whole podcast on that subject? Or I what my last I think we was. Drupal 7 extended support. I don't think um, I did a podcast. I did the internal show and tell. Oh, okay. Future okay, podcast coming. There you go. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, I think I think this is like getting back to what we were talking about earlier, where like we had a pro, you know, there was a promise in the message of of the big change that the Drupal project went through when it decided not to do things like Drupal seven and to do things like Drupal eight, right? Like using Composer and having dependencies and you know, hoping that things will get easier. And I think that promise has also itself a lot of dependencies. Like we spend a lot of time futzing with Composer, but we could automate that with like Dependabot. We need, might need to spend time testing those updates, but that could be automated with automatic testing. And so I think the projects that are like, um, seeing that promise of a brighter future realized are the projects who have gone all in on the modernness. They're like, okay, we got it. Composer, automated tests, automated updaters. And those projects might be seeing some acceleration in the amount of features that they can deliver in a year, even though the developers might still be spending a great deal of time keeping that automation running, like all the DevOps integration to keep that going is also a significant amount of work. So I think we've covered that all of these build tools can be built differently and cause different problems for that um, eight to nine upgrade. Let's talk about the actual code changes. So once we run something like um, the upgrade rector module, it's going to yell at you and say, hey, there's this list of changes. Do you want me to make them? And it's going to make them if you say yes, right? Do we trust that? Did you trust that? I, I trust it to do the initial batch of work and then you load the site and test it as you normally yep. would. I and then look for yeah. those errors that pop up and you go to Google. Yeah. You can say, why am I seeing this error? And somebody's probably posted about it, either on Drupal.org or Stack Overflow or somewhere else. Uh, yes. Uh, one thing that you sh I should point out is that my experience is there are also um, some changes that it makes and it leaves a comment that says, um, something like to do actually confirm that this is what you want to do, um, which is kind of useful. But if you're not paying attention and you don't read your diff on this giant change, you, you might not realize happened, right? Beyond that, there yeah. are changes that it can't make. Um, a lot of times, um, uh, and one thing that comes to mind, and I remember going through and making a bunch of manual changes, um, was things like the, what is it? The entity manager service in Drupal 8 got exploded into nine or 10 different classes. And uh, a lot of times it isn't necessarily going to know what exactly you want to do. Right? Yeah, it's definitely not going to do a rewrite of an entire code base for you. What it will do is find one or two lines next to each other that it knows how to do like a regex search and replace. And a lot of that, yes. Like what I did find was it did things like uh, the entity manager, like the the most what you wanted to do was you do like a entity manager, get the node storage and then load a node. And it was able to make that change for you. But if you ended up using that entity manager class to do other things like node display, that split off into another class and you're going to have to actually go in there and manually change the code. So yeah, I definitely recommend breaking things into chunks and not just saying I'm going to do it all, you know, and assume that that works. I mean, that is one approach where you, you just kind of 
maybe Send initially it. you just run it all <laughs> and see what's let's see what happens you know maybe it just works and i mean that is an approach but i i would definitely say if you want to understand your code base a little bit better break it into you know functionality that you could then do some manual testing on or something along and those that's lines. that's the benefit of the reverse compatibility right because you can only change one module get it prepared for d9 and not have it be nine and that code should still function the same way it currently has with the latest version of Drupal 8.9. A, a lot of my coworkers might laugh because I've been fairly outspoken and critical about a lot of automated testing, um, depending on how it's used within your code base. But automated testing is definitely useful when you're making changes on this scale because it's, it's that initial smoke test. You change all these things, and they should be minor changes, but you change a lot of them. Do your tests still pass? Yes. Okay. Chances are you didn't break a whole lot. So that's a good thing to know. I think having tests is great and uh, definitely helpful in the process. Yeah. Part of what you're doing, I mean, I know we've said this in different ways, but I don't know how clear we've made it, but you're, let's say you're updating a custom module. You're making that module compatible with both Drupal 8 and Drupal 9 at the same time. So that's why you can do a, a lot of the testing already on Drupal 8. And then when you have all of those working, all of those tests passing on Drupal 8, that's when you do the super easy, oh, it is just like a point release because you've done all of that prep work, like the prep work for painting a house. Now, I guess when you paint a house, there's actually a lot of work to painting the house. So my, my, uh, my simile is falling apart there, but you get the idea that there's this there's this sense of you're doing this prep work on the same you know code base. Now that's if you're going from Drupal eight to nine. If you're, seven to nine is a whole other can of worms, and that's a lot like seven to eight. But you also have the added thing of making sure those modules are compatible with Drupal nine when you get there and. And for the most part, a lot, you know, all of the big modules, I think, well, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the big modules are all Drupal 9 compatible. Uh, but there are still a few where, I, you know, I've run into some weird issues. Like I wanted to use this, this date calendar thing and it didn't quite work the same in Drupal 9. So it was just easier to upgrade the site to Drupal 8, except for that one thing. And then wait, you know, that was my approach. And then wait, it's, that's that one thing still can't get it to work, but you can sort of bump off, like you can do you can do 95% of the work and then, oh, this contrib module isn't quite there. You, you could probably not feel like you have to do that today. You know, there are probably a lot of other people that, you know, are going to try and get this fixed within the next three months. And some people that that might be more important for them than for you. So you can sort of pick and choose. You can pick away at it. But, you know, I think what, when, when Matt, was saying before, like, get this ready yesterday or done. It's more like do the testing now to get the scope of the project. And it might take a while just to get to getting the scope, but it might be that, you know, you, like we, like we've been saying, it could be, it could be that somebody else was already sort of preparing for this for a long time and your site's basically ready. There's also yeah. been a, a robot that's going through Drupal.org issue queues and from mo popular modules that haven't been upgraded to deny, it'll run Drupal Rector, take that patch and automatically create a, an issue that even if it doesn't get all the things, a developer could go get that, import it, and then figure out what the remaining pieces are and then add to that issue to get the module even closer to D9 and the community review it. And all the maintainer has to do is merge it in, cut a release, and they will have a D9 compatible um, module. So the actual work of painting the house, that changing the code, I would argue is a lot like a Drupal 6 to 7 upgrade. There were some API changes. The bulk of it was similar, um, <laughs> but you, you do kind of have to be aware about the, of the new changes in the versions. So 8 to 9, in my opinion, is a lot like 6 to 7. The basic structure is still the same, um, but we're going to do a few things a little different way. I'd agree with that. Yeah. We've been talking about preparing your code base and all the contrib and custom modules. One thing I've found out is you can actually do that with the theme because Drupal 9 requires Twig 2. 
And if you're still running Drupal 8, Twig 2 is not available to process the theme. And maybe there's a solution around that. that That's I've not exactly about. true. There we go. Uh, yeah, so Drupal 8 supports Twig 2. I knew we kept you around for a reason, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Drupal 8 supports Twig 2. So you might already be running Twig 2 on Drupal 8 and not even know it, depending on what like Poster has done. Um, and someone in, in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty confident it does. In my opinion, like running do upgrading a theme from drupal 8 to drupal 9 is really easy i i haven't had to do anything i i think at one point i had to google something you know through an error and and i googled it and then it was just like a minor twig change i know there's a couple of things that are deprecated there's like the raw filter which hopefully you're not using anyway because that could that could lead to security issues um that's been replaced with verbatim. There is a uh, a document, uh, uh, a one page um, documentation on Jubal.org that we'll link to in the show notes, and it just has a, a couple minor changes to blocks and uh, things like that. You can also uh, look at changes on on within Twig's documentation of upgrading from Twig one to Twig two, but honestly, there's not a heck of a lot going on there's not that much to change. Does this include the package management and some of the tooling around compiling your theme? Or is that specific to using um, design libraries like Pattern Lab or Fractal? Yeah, so if you're using something like uh, Pattern Lab, especially Pattern Lab version two, I think only works with uh, Twig version one, and that can open up a big can of worms. Um, pattern like the the state of pattern libraries for 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 PHP Twig is is not in my opinion great right now. I know there's there's a number of uh, systems that use Twig JS, which isn't is very close to Twig PHP Twig, but it's not quite the same. So a lot of people try have tried to use Pattern Lab too, but yeah, that can be an issue. But if you're not using like any type of uh, Pattern Lab two or anything like that you know you mentioned like uh things as far as like compiling your 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 sas or javascript or something like that that's not dependent on drupal that's dependent on the theme so you don't you don't need to upgrade that cool the the one change i found um and mike rolls his eyes every time i tell him this but i, I was proud that i had to find this um uh, is that uh, same as and divisible by um, from Twig one to two? Um, those two tests are two words instead of one word, and that there was yeah. That's that's my front end knowledge for you. Good good job. I didn't even know that, but yeah, I'm seeing. <laughs> I, I'm actually seeing like now that you're mentioning that, I'm looking at that Drupal.org documentation, and I, and I see that. And then there's like another another uh, usage. It says as of Twig one x using the underscore self global variable is deprecated. So this is probably worth the whole podcast on its own, but because of the, the pattern lab changes and stuff, is that something that you would continue to recommend? And do we foresee that getting any easier, say Drupal nine to Drupal 10? Yeah, that's, I don't know if there's, a, so I, I know a lot of, a lot of front end folks in the Drupal community are using Emulsify. My understand, which is the theme, I think it's, I think it's primarily developed by Four Kitchens. I'm not too familiar with it, but it integrates in with Storybook. And uh, my understanding though, is that it uses Twig.js. I have a little bit of experience working with uh, a pattern library called Fractal that uses Twig.js. And there's like a little bit of weirdness around Twig.js that, you know, I, I would occasionally run into some weird, weird bugs that, it, like, especially regarding uh, attributes and stuff like that within Twig.js that, you know, was handled properly in PHP Twig. And then there's there was a couple other things at the time, and I have no clue if this is fixed, where it wasn't happen, I wasn't handling the, the ternary operators exactly. Like, you couldn't do everything that you could do in PHP Twig. I've been bugging um, you to do a pattern library podcast, Mike. Just thought I'd throw yeah. that out there. I've been trying to uh, 
at Mike Herschel on Twitter. You can bother. I, I've, I've been trying to and 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 CC Justifish for Sally Young yeah. because she says she has like a halfway working storybook PHP Twig integration. And so if we could somehow bug her to actually uh, uh, fix that or, and, and make that good, I think that would be a big benefit. She's also a uh, maintainer of Twig.js is my understanding too. Neat. You know, I think there is one thing that I don't believe we have mentioned, which is why we're talking about this now. And I think we might have mentioned that Drupal 9 comes out in November 2021. Drupal 9 is out and, now. Oh, I'm sorry. That um, You can be using <laughs> Drupal 9 now. That we have to do our... Up, I, I, put the, I said that very incorrectly. That we have to do our upgrade from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 in, <laughs> in November 2021. You definitely want and to, the, yes. yes. And the reason for that isn't just like some of these dates in the past in the Drupal community where we've said, oh, we'll wait till it's done. We'll wait till it's done. We actually have a hard deadline and that's because Drupal 9 uses Symphony 4.4 and Drupal 8 uses Symphony 3. I think those numbers are the correct ones. So the the Symphony 3's end of life is November 2021. So when we've said all these things about like composer dependencies and other dependencies, well, this that's the reason why we have this hard deadline. It's not a soft deadline. It's it's a real deadline. So in addition to the other things where it's like Drupal 9 uses Twig 2, Drupal 8 uses Twig 1, or you know Drupal 9 using PHP Unit 8, there's there's a lot of other things, but it's really I would say it comes down to one of the key reasons is it comes down to this end of life for Symphony 3 in November 2021. So that's why we have this hard deadline. So I think that's another point worth emphasizing that it, it is a hard deadline and, and that's, that is the deadline and, and that's why. So I'm, you know, there are, I, I want to throw in a million caveats, but I won't for now, but that's the deadline. So we, we fought for a long time to get off the Drupal Island and now we have to play nice with our neighbors, right? And I just want to say like your your website's still going to work oh, when yeah. Drupal 8 is yeah, end of life. It's, 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 not, like it's not going to quit. Symphony yeah. 3 isn't going away and your composer builds aren't suddenly going to fail. I don't think. I'm pretty sure they won't. Um, <laughs> but the recommendation there is Symphony 3 will not be getting security updates. So if there's an exploit in PHP or the Symphony library um, framework, nobody's going to be looking at that and, and writing any fixes for it. So tr do your best to get your site up to Drupal 9 by November or within the few months after that. You mean get it done? Get it done. <laughs> get it done. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's it, and at least like take a look and you know give it a try so that you might be able to see will it take a lot of time or a little bit of time like that's that's really like your first step right first step or, or i mean or if you're the kind of person who's still running on drupal 4.7 and you're like i can figure this out and i can do my own security updates absolutely you know you can keep doing fixing things on your site and you know not use composer in drupal 8 i mean this is when i was saying there's a million caveats that you could say to what i said before but for 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 the ease of use, or if you're doing this professionally, which um, our studies tell us and our data tells us, a lot of a lot of us are doing this professionally now. Then the professional thing to do uh, the, in in most cases, again, there's there's reasons why you wouldn't do this, and people have you know they can't commit time and money and whatnot at now, but they could later. So there's you know there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things, but I just, I think it's still worth noting that yes, it will still work after then, but that's, that's why we have this deadline. That's why we're talking about this. Now it comes back to the, the symphony uh, end of life, symphony three. And if you're finding it challenging to get to Drupal nine, still focus on getting that done first. But then the conversation right after that is how can we make this easier next time? And that goes back to the conversation of um, automated updates and automated testing. Um, to keep your site as up to date um, in preparation for when Drupal 10 comes around. We kind of 
poo-pooed the idea that this was not as easy as we were told it was going to be, or at least we we spouted the idea that this was harder than we were promised when we talked about this originally, or at least it was discussed within the community. But I guess I kind of want to point out that any seven to eight upgrade that I've been a part of has been a complete migration and a rewrite of all the custom code. It is still easier than that. Like by far. Significantly. Um, so I guess if that's what you're comparing it to, then it's a walk in the park. But And the Contrib ecosystem came along with it much faster. Like to get popular modules D8 compatible took some of them two years after D7 was released. And I'm not seeing that happen with Drupal 9. And I think it's because within one module, getting one module up to date with Drupal 9 was a whole lot easier. Like it wasn't the complete rewrite. It wasn't, let's figure out all of this object-oriented patterns that have been adopted and I wasn't paying attention. Um, yep. This was uh, a, a lot smaller of a change, but still a significant change from what I've seen. Yeah, the, the Drupal 7 to Drupal 8 was ripping out the guts of Drupal and replacing it with Symfony. So that's that's what we talk about when we're talking about the dependencies. Mm-hmm. And it's... If you have been the kind of developer, if you're a developer and you're writing backend code and you ignore those little warnings about this will be deprecated or it's, you know what, I just want to keep using my hooks or I just want to keep using this function or whatever it might be that still works in Drupal 8, then then it's going to be a little bit more work if you've been up to date on not using those and you've been keeping your modules up to date. And it, it could, you know, like we've said, it could just be a, a walk in the park. But uh, I, you know, on the other hand, if you really know Drupal well and you have a specific skill set, I want to throw this out there and say, like, you know, my imposter syndrome ratcheted up a few notches when I thought, oh, I can't even install a module. So I wanted to at least say you're not alone if if the, if, if you're running into issues. And I talked to a lot of other developers who, who told me like they had to do crazy things like, oh, actually, you know, I had an upgrade script and it had you had to run this command four times, you know, <laughs> otherwise that one thing that you're updating didn't work. Or I, you know, I, I think I was talking with someone in this room where they were like, actually, I had to pin Drupal uh, upgrade status to like the 3.0 version to make it work on this site just to to get to that next step. So people are, I've seen people do some really kind of crazy things and it was, it was sort of reassuring for me to just hear others say, yeah, in my case with this particular set of my own problems in the way that this particular site has been altered, which isn't good or bad. It's just, you know, they've made particular choices. It was more, it was more tricky and it took more time than I expected. David, do you have any final thoughts as we point toward wrapping this up? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody that was involved of getting Drupal.org's code base onto GitLab because I feel that is part of what made getting these modules updated a bit easier for the community. Um, not just the fact that you know we're removing deprecated code, but a lot of the tooling and the decisions around that. So huge thanks. Matthew Tift, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, I, I want to say something similar that the some of these um, projects that we've talked about encountering, or I've talked about encountering challenges like the upgrade status module, I, I am extremely thankful for Gabor and, and WebChick and some of these other folks that, that have worked so far. I, I can't name all of them, but there have been a lot of people that have worked to make this process as easy as possible. And I am I am incredibly grateful, and I just want to say thank you to them for these tools. The issue, they, there's no way that the people making these tools can predict all of the different ways that we hack away on Drupal and the changes that we make. So I want to express some deep gratitude for those folks that have made it um, a very easy process for quite a few people. And that's that's where I'd like to stop. Kathy, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think uh, it just, it, for people who are running into issues, um, there's Drupal.org issue queue is good. Uh, Slack is also good. Uh, if you're not in the Drupal Slack yet, 
there's a page, uh, drupal.org slash Slack, which has the instructions for joining uh, the Slack. And then once, uh, once you're in there, uh, there's uh, the support channel um, and a D9 readiness channel also in there. And you might start out in support and then get redirected to another channel because maybe your question is about Composer specifically, or maybe it's about upgrade status, or maybe it's about you know a module uh, update. So you might get redirected, but those are good starting points. I always forget about Drupal Slack support. It's been a while. That's good stuff there. Mike Herschel, update your darn site, huh? A uh, backend developer on this podcast, so I appreciate you all. <laughs> you're, you're out of place, but yet in place, because uh turns out we have to care about Twig, too. Yeah, a little bit. I Like, in my experience, I did do, like, one, like I, I did a development of a personal site in 8.9 and migrated that to 9.0 at one point. So so that was my experience, and it went fairly smooth. Matt, was the uh, Twig 2 a pun? Is it the T-O-O, the T-W-O? The world may <laughs> never know. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.